gospel reading for this morning comes from Mark's gospel beginning in the 10th chapter at the 17th verse. Mark wrote these things. And as Jesus was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And he said to him, teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and then come and follow me. And disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said to them again, children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, well, then who can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, with man it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. And Peter began to say to him, see, we have left everything and followed you. And Jesus said, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children's and lands with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life but many who are first will be last, and the last first. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? O God, giver of good gifts, In your servants, our talents are multiplied and our lives fulfilled. Grant us now the capacity to hear both your praise and your word of judgment. As we see on every hand the terrible consequences of unfaithfulness, help us to know your saving grace and to join with others to claim it in our lives. May we do this not just for ourselves, but that the good news might be shared with many who have not heard or experienced it yet. Amen. Dr. Seuss writes, and I quote, Did I tell you before about the Zode, who came to two signs at the fork in the road? One said to place one, the other place two. So the Zode had to make up his mind what to do. Well, the Zode scratched his head, his chin, and his pants. And he said to himself, I'm taking a chance. 
If I go to place one, it may be too hot, and how do I know if I like it or not? On the other hand, I'd be some sort of fool if I go to place two and find it too cool. In that case, I might catch a chill and turn blue, so maybe place one is best, not two. On the other hand, if place one is too high, I might get a terrible earache and die. Place two must be best. On the other hand, though, if place two is too low, I might get some strange pain in my toe. Place one must be best, and he started to go, and then he stopped and said, on the other hand, the other hand, the other hand, though. And 36 hours and a half, that poor Zode, made starts and stops at the fork in the road, saying, don't take that chance, it may not be, may not be right. Then he got an idea that was wonderfully bright. Safe, cried the Zode, I'll play safe, I'm no dunce. I'll simply start out for both places at once. And that's how the Zode, who would not take a chance, got no place at all with a rip in his pants. <laughs> you know, when we look at the gospel story for this morning, I really think we might be able to identify with the Zode. For at the core of the problem, I believe, is what to do with what we've been given. The choices are tough, but their choice is just the same. And the voices inside us that cause us to act the way that we do are old voices as well. Voices that have just accumulated over time. And they are excuses often that hold a very real power over us. So just what is it, do you suppose, that keeps us from seeing our really core strength? Is it fear? Is it fear from moving beyond those old familiar voices? Fear of failing? Fear of looking ridiculous? Fear of what others might say or think? Fear of somehow being worse off than we presently are? Is it refusing to move, to let a hope for something better, more meaningful, finally take a hold in our hearts and push us forward? Is it settling for second best in our lives, making do with unfulfilled relationships and figuring, you know what, this is good enough? Is it selfism, keeping closed off from others who could help us down the road to freedom because somehow we would just rather do it ourselves? Just what is it that keeps us locked in our status quo? What is it that keep, uh, keeps us locked into our rather small routines? And for each of us here, the answers to these questions are really quite different. But eventually, each of us must deal with the choices we're forced to make even though at times we may just be wish to be may, we may just wish to be left alone free of the burden of making choices it will never happen folks no one is left out and you must be involved in the decision making and this morning a young ruler approached Jesus and this rich young ruler knew himself identified himself defined himself 
by his possessions, his things, his stuff. He was so possessed by his stuff that he couldn't unstuff himself, neither for the sake of the poor nor for his own sake and his quest for eternal life. Faced with the choice between his old, secure, in-control, in-charge self and the unknown possibilities of life as a disciple of Jesus, the rich man clung to his human illusions of power and control. So who or what controls your life? You know, money is a big deal in our lives. Let's just admit it. We like nice things. We like things that are new, things that work. How many guys in here before the Browns game wouldn't just love to have a brand spanking new 70-inch LCD TV? And how many women wouldn't just love to replace worn-out living room furniture with something more attractive? And I don't mean that to be sexist. I just couldn't think of anything else. We like nice things. And in order to have nice things, we need money. But Jesus is warning us this morning that money can trap us and separate us from God. This library of wisdom, George Carlin once said, stuff is important you got to take care of your stuff. you got to have a place for your stuff. Everybody's got to have a place for their stuff. That's what life is all about, trying to find a place for your stuff. That's all your house is, a place to keep your stuff. And if you didn't have so much stuff, you wouldn't need a house, and you could just walk around all the time. So I wonder this morning how many of us sometimes just feel oppressed by our stuff. Where can we store it when we don't need it? How can we find it when we really do need it? What do we do with all of this clutter? Could it be that stuff is actually crowding out the spiritual dimensions of our life? You know, in Hebrew tradition, wealthy people were the ones who could spend time reading scriptures and praying. In the musical Fiddler on the Roof, Tevye sings, If I were a rich man, I'd have the time I lack to sit in the synagogue and pray, and maybe even have a seat by the eastern wall. And I'd discuss the learned books with the holy men seven hours every day. And that would be the sweetest thing of all. But that's not what's happening with us. The more stuff we have, the less time we have for God. So Jesus revealed to the rich young man the heart of his shortcomings. His stuff blocked the stuff of life. His love of stuff blocked his way to genuine discipleship, to the kingdom of God. And Jesus challenged the man to give up his trust in things, to give up his hold on what he had, to give up his control, to take up God's generosity and security. 
And in exchange, Jesus offered the rich man, think about this, a place as one of his disciples. Here was an offer from the Messiah to travel with him, to live with him, to walk with him on an intimate, daily basis. Jesus' words hit directly at the center of this man's most damaged, separated self. And it's evident by the pain that those words cause him. So notice that the rich man doesn't scoff or jeer at Jesus' suggestion. He is shocked. And he goes away grieving in obvious pain. He feels the truth of Jesus' diagnosis, but he is not able to reach out and take hold of the offered cure. Can you? Do you know what you're missing if you don't? Whales. I have friends that have traveled to Alaska. They've gone on whale watches. They've seen whales. I'm so jealous. But I think they are among the most amazing creatures that God has made. Fin whales can easily hear the bleeps of other fin whales. Listen to this. 4,000 miles away. Some scientists argue as many as 13,000 miles away. Humpbacks like to sing in rhyme, and the songs they sing are always changing, while at the same time they are passed from male to male, so that in any one season, all the whales in a single ocean will be singing the same song. In February 1928, a female blue whale who roamed freely throughout the Antarctic for decades was killed. From measurements taken at the time, some scientists are convinced that she was the largest creature ever to have lived on Earth, bigger than any known dinosaur or other leviathan. But the people who had the privilege to see her never saw her. They were in such a hurry to harvest her blubber and find other family members of her huge species that they salvaged absolutely nothing, not a single picture, not a single bone, nothing. So this morning, I simply think we need to ask ourselves, what are we missing because of the blubber? What part of God's kingdom are you not experiencing because of the rush to kill or make a killing? What good is stuff without the stuff of life? It seems to me that that's what Jesus was asking the rich young ruler upsetting his apple cart, while at the same time asking us all these years later. Amen.